Okay, hello. Welcome to the latest edition of Getting There, eSchool News Conversations with School Tech Directors on how they're responding to the pandemic. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm editor-at-large for eSchool News, and I'm happy you're here, and especially happy that I was able to get Joe Cuzo, who is the Director of Technology for the Quakertown Community School District, right across the river from me in, uh, in Bucks County, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, to join us for this, for this episode. Joe, welcome, and, and thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. I guess my, my first question to uh, to most uh, uh, folks in your position is, you know, what are you doing today? It's probably a nice leisurely uh, summer afternoon, right? Doing a little fishing. Yeah. Doing a <laughs> what what's yeah, happening yeah, right now? I wish now? that was the case. Yeah. What, so no, what so what right is now, happening? Uh, yeah. So right now, you know, actually to the day, I mean, I've been in meetings since uh, eight o'clock this morning with, uh, you know, our cabinet team and our administrative team. And uh, we have, a, you know, I have a meeting right after this and then we have a board meeting tonight at seven. Uh, so, you know, the biggest thing on our play right now, we did push the opening of our school back two weeks. Uh, we have a construction going on. So this ensures our construction will be done in time. So that was part of it. And then also just to give us a little extra leeway to uh, prepare. Uh, but one of the big things on our, you know, on our board agenda for this evening, and it's been, you know, a hot topic for the past few meetings we've had is, you know, the whole in-person instruction and the spacing, you know, how many can we fit in a classroom, right? That varies by the classroom. Uh, and then what do we do with the overflow, you know, and scheduling and what that all looks like. So that's a big uh, topic for tonight is, you know, we, we did all our, our data collection and what we found is in elementary based on the responses we got from our surveys that, that you know, it's probably about 60, 40, 60 wanted to come in, in, in person, 100%, five days a week. The other said virtual and somewhere in the middle there was hybrid. Uh, in elementary, it looks like we can pretty much make that happen uh, with six foot spacing in most cases. In secondary, when we look at that space, they're tighter. Uh, and that we can do probably with about four and a half foot spacing in some cases and six foot in others. So that's kind of the point of contention right now is that spacing and what we can do to, to you know, ensure that we can still get kids in school uh, who, who need it the most. So, you know, that's been the topic for, you know, forever right now. So. So that sounds like you're going to be uh, in some sort of hybrid setup or a cohort setup where some kids are coming in some days and right. other kids are remote? Yeah, so we, so we put out surveys. Uh, we provide, well, part of our returning uh, student registration, we provided all students three options. So it was either, and tiered, so they selected number one, number two, number three. So it was either you picked, you wanted to be in, in class 100% five days a week, uh, hybrid, you know, an AB, two days in, one day full virtual, and then the other uh, cohort would come in for the last two days uh, and then finally you know 100% virtual uh, so that's what we're, we're playing with right now because we we look at the people of first choice was uh, five days a week so those are you know people in the seats every day then we take 50% of the AB kids and add those and then try to look, look at the you know the classroom spacing and see how that works and then also utilizing uh, overflow areas for those areas where we can't fit everybody in the class we can have large large uh, spaces where they can um, still be in school, but participate remotely from the building, whether it's the gym, uh, common space, or, you know, large group instruction area. How does that affect your uh, IT infrastructure? I mean, were you one-to-one -one before? And, and yeah, yeah, we were, Kevin. So, I mean, we were six through 12 was a take-home one-to-one model. We've been one-to-one -one since, I mean, I don't know, it's been 12 years, if not more. Um, elementary, we, we had one-to-one -one devices, but on a cart-based allocation in the classroom. So I believe it was Friday the 13th, oddly enough, that was the date. Uh, that was the date that secondary, we were good. Elementary, all the principals at that last day assigned a device 
to every elementary kid to take home. So we had enough devices and extras. Uh, so we've been maintaining that over the summer. Uh, and now currently we started this week, uh, typically sixth grade and ninth grade students, we provide a new device to them. And that's what they keep. So sixth grade keeps it to eight, they get a new one in nine, and then nine keeps it to 12 and then keeps it as they graduate. Uh, so this week we were collecting uh, current ninth grade devices and giving them a new one so we could free up their current device to push down grade level. So that's what we're doing this week. And the next week it's uh, second grade devices to collect those iPads to push down to kindergarten uh, and just, you know, moving that around. But as far as internal in infrastructure, we've been, we have a strong infrastructure. We have a big bandwidth pipe. So as far as devices in schools, there's no additional. In fact, it'll be less impactful than 100% of kids being there. That's interesting. How about in terms of the, the, so it sounds like you had a big pipe, so you really didn't have to do any reinforcement when it comes to uh, bandwidth in, in the schools. How about the uh, access to internet from home? Did you have any issues with students not having access? Yeah, so we, we looked at that. I mean, we look at that all the time. Uh, but obviously, when we shut down, it was more of a need. We, we, were, we cut off our marking period in March. That was the end of the school year. So students couldn't go down in grade. They could only go up with learning opportunities to be provided. But we did look at students who, who we knew or principals identified or guidance counselors identified as uh, probably in need. So we were able to acquire hotspots uh, and then provide those to, to those students as best we could. Okay. Uh, one, one thing we found out that was interesting, though, is so a lot of our English language learners, we have a great group of teachers that works directly with those students. We had a, a really high, probably 100% of those students, because their parents and families had relationships with those teachers, those teachers are the ones who reached out and said, hey, if you, if you need help, we have these devices, we can get, get them to you. Those weren't a problem. It was the other students who, uh, you know, either my team or we tried to have building principals reach out. Some of those people were unresponsive to our, to our inquiries, whether it was phone calls or for whatever reason. So yeah. uh, we did our best. Everybody who we reached out to that said they needed a device, we provided it and access as well. Um, we'll continue that moving forward. So. I saw on your social media feed some big boxes coming in uh, yep. to the to elementary. You can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was actually, uh, so our old, we had uh, two buildings, uh, Milford Middle School and Teakin Valley Elementary, which uh, over the past two years, we, we had sold both buildings to a local private school. Uh, and we, we are currently occupying Teakin Valley Elementary while Nightig Elementary was under construction. We were uh, putting a new addition on that and renovating the school. So that's still going on. So we'll vacate Teakin Valley Elementary and move into Nightig once it's complete. Uh, and we're hoping we can do that by middle of September when we start. So the, the post I said we, we outfitted, uh, we, we will be outfitting that whole building with uh, clear touch interactive panels for those buildings. So that's what those were. And we also got some of their, uh, really great to see the little ones uh, interact with them. Uh, convertible panel where the panel actually folds down into a table and drops down to uh, little guy sizes oh, they can, cool. four of them can interact you know in different quadrants by myself so it's really cool to see so uh, I wish opening of that school was under a different circumstance yeah uh, but we're grateful to have it because it's a larger capacity so it gives us some more flex space as, as we need it. Talk a little bit about um, because you had been in a had a one-to-one -one and had the ability to have a remote setup for so long Talk a little bit about some of the security issues that maybe a district who's now gone into a remote situation mm -hmm. might have to deal with that they hadn't thought about before. Any, anything yeah, I mean, particular? Uh, so, I mean, from a teacher perspective, all our teachers had, have had their own laptops for the past 22 years. Uh, so we've already had that work from home 
ability for you know longer than I've been there. Uh, so we do have you know security measures on those laptops, uh, both uh, intrusion detection and malware and, and and that kind of thing. And then for student devices, being that we're all Chromebooks now, uh, security on those are I'm not super concerned with that. I mean, there's really been no exploits on those, uh, other than minor you know very minor things. But uh, and then with the the addition of like web filtering now that's done in the cloud. We're not we're not tunneling in that traffic back to the district, uh, but yet we can still monitor where they're going at all times. So, uh, from a security perspective, I, I know if you're doing like Windows laptops, if that's where you're sending kids home, I'd be a little more concerned. And balancing that, locking them down to some flexibility where you can still support them. Um, you know, you lock them down too much, and now you have this remote support that you have to provide, and that that can create some some issues there. But since we're all Chromebooks except for teachers, uh, we haven't had any struggle with that. Okay, uh, well, and even having such a long history of having a one-to-one -one and, and teachers having their things at home, I'll assume that the Zoom, the Zoom rooms were, mm -hmm. were something new. Talk a little bit about uh, that adaptation of that technology and how it affected your, your schools. Sure, so, so the online learning piece by itself, uh, we've done for a while in varying capacity, about 12 years ago, uh, we had started our own online cyber school. It was all our own teachers, all our own students, all our own curriculum. Um, and we, we eventually stopped doing that. We still offered it in some capacity, but not full blown like we used to. Uh, so the infrastructure as far as remote learning, as far as LMS goes, we've had a full blown LMS with curriculum for probably the past 12 or so years. So teachers were familiar with that. Now when it comes to the students suddenly aren't in your class all the time, uh, you know, it was, I won't say the wild west, but everybody was adapting to what that looked like. And, you know, like you saw at the first, you know, all the zoom bombing that was going on yeah. uh, and whatnot. And then, you know, Google has been a great asset for many districts, right? Uh, Google meets been invaluable to our teachers. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, to me, teachers adapted well, uh, and then it's getting students comfortable with it, but moving into this next year, uh, providing synchronous opportunities for students. Um, that's kind of, that'll be the new part, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as the content being delivered through a learning management system, that's not new and remote instruction is not new, but it's, it's bridging that gap of in-person and uh, virtual. That's gonna, that's gonna be the, you know, I won't say difficult, but the struggle if there is one. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, especially it's a, at the younger ages. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so it's a grand experiment, really, right? It's, yeah. it's a giant yeah. beta test. And, and the, the, the interesting part, I mean, everybody's going, but the equity about that too, right? So people have devices, they have access, right? But, you also now have parents who are going to work, right? Right. We have some, some of our population where a sixth grader might be the head of the household during the day. Wow. You know, so you have a sixth grade, a third grade, and a kindergartner all expecting to do online learning with, they're also worried about feeding themselves and right. where mom and dad may not be, you know, financially okay to, to not go to work like many of us. So uh, that, that's, probably the, that's probably the biggest concern I have is ensuring that all that education continues to happen and we can, whether it's home supports or, you know, building those relationships with the community and our school district, just to form those relationships and ensure students are, are getting the education they need, whether it's in-person hybrid or, or virtual. Yeah. So. Yeah. A, a couple of districts I've spoken to have talked about how they basically their, their IT departments became uh, customer service, really, or just kind of answering the needs of parents who not maybe not even had technology issues, but some social emotional uh, issues. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, there's 
now again, our, our students had devices for a long time. Um, and because our, our learning was optional over, you know, March to June, we saw varying rates of, of participation. It was high for what it was, don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, but yeah, there's, we did, you know, there was some concern about screen time and, you know, having to have a student sit in front of a computer for hours on end. Uh, and then also the, the, the emotional impact of parents, right, becoming teachers. You know, you can, you can be the best teacher virtually, you know, as, as anybody, uh, but without being able to physically stand next to that student and help them and even console them when they're struggling, that's all going to come down to, to a lot of the families. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our teachers will do a great job and support our students, but that family dynamic is definitely going to play a role uh, in both the child's well-being and, and the parents. I mean, uh, parents are going to need to learn calculus, right? Parents are yeah. going to need to know algebra and just the pedagogy behind learning is new. Um, but I also think it's going to be a good opportunity for parents who may not be familiar with technology. They're going to be, yep. you know, yeah. kids are going to teach their parents and, and move on. So I was on a, on a panel this morning and, uh, one of the things we brought up, um, was uh, so many districts who were fighting for years to get to the point we are now, right. Pushing for one-to-one -one, pushing for online learning, uh, good or bad. A lot of those districts got there now. So they're, they're figuring it out, but they got there. Yeah. So I think when this is all said and done and we come back to some form of normal, uh, districts across the country are going to be in a totally different place than they were a year ago. And learning, I think, is going to look a lot different than it did a year ago. Um, and one thing we spoke about was, you know, look at um, a typical class period, right? We have normal schedules. Does every student need 45 minutes for a particular lesson, right? We always did that to meet the needs of all students. But with online, we should be able to personalize learning a bit more. and work with those students and figure out where they are and try to try to move them along. So time, time may actually be on our side in some cases. They may, we might find students accelerate quicker in this environment, yeah. uh, which may lead time for students who are more in need to get more attention. I mean, it's all new. We're all going to figure it out. So we'll, we'll see. I like, I like your glass half full there. So I think yeah. as, a, as a seasoned district to this, were there still some surprises for you? And were there still some, uh, maybe some, innovations where you're like huh like we could have done uh, this all along <laughs> well i mean we we certainly could have been doing this all along i mean besides the scheduling and obviously the, the social distancing constraints those are two hurdles that are are are, are huge yeah um, but i will say the one big surprise i mean we didn't really have any hiccups i mean we were pretty smooth rolling everything out uh and every friday from march until the end of the contractual year uh every friday was a pd day for teachers and uh, PD in our districts has always been up and down, but we had in many of those 100% participation by our teaching staff. So they, they had the desire to, do, to make this work, right? Yeah. Um, and the, the only thing I'd say is a big struggle. And I mean, you're in Jersey, so you know, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but I know for, for our region, you know, the constant moving of the goalpost, yeah. you know, from March until it's still happening. Yeah. All right, this is what you got to do. No, next week you can't do that. You got to do this. Now we're loosening this up. So we keep moving this goalpost around. We keep changing information. And it, we're getting to the point now where, you know, four weeks away from opening our doors, many have already opened. And uh, how many more times is that going to move? Right, right. You know, so. but, yeah, but, but it seems like you have a plan in place, though, that, that can pivot to those different changing uh, yeah. things, right? Yeah, in our, in our planning, we, we've always wanted to be fluid in everything we do. Yeah. So. You know, and that's one of the things we're looking at is, um, you know, not necessarily having one teacher all virtual and one teacher all in person. We want one teacher to do 
both. Because this way, if a teacher has to go out, a student isn't meeting a new teacher, they can still continue that education with fluidity with the same type of instruction. They still know their teacher, they have that relationship. Uh, will it work 100%? Probably not, but we're trying to keep as many norms as we can yeah. for our students. Um, but yeah, it's, it, overall, it's, it's, it's been interesting. You know, the, the fear I think we all have when we open those doors, I know you saw it down in, I think it was Georgia, uh, those photos that came out and the students got suspended and, and all that. You know, every district is, what, what are hallways gonna look like? Yeah. You know, and kids are gonna be kids. So it, it's interesting to say the least, so. Any, um, any thought about the te other technologies beyond the, the Chromebook at home? I mean, have you given guidance to parents in terms of creating learning spaces and are there are other pieces of technology that you're considering giving to students that they can use at home? Um, so we do have uh, many parent resources available on our website. We've had those for a while, whether it's along, you know, data privacy concerns or how to log in via Clever or what different applications provide. Our Office for Teaching and Learning created amazing resources uh, for parents and students for those learning opportunities. If parents were really engaged and they wanted to keep providing their kids those opportunities, they laid out tons of resources, how to use them. Um, as far as additional tools for students, um, no, I mean, we, we dropped some assessment tools because we just don't feel they're gonna be needed in this environment right now to the same capacity and we switched some things around to do them in another way. As far as teachers go, fortunately enough, so all our technology is on a four-year cycle okay. uh, and we have four, four stacked financial leases. So every year we replace some large piece of equipment and so happened, you know, great for us, this is teacher refresh year. Ah. So I have a warehouse of, you know, 500 brand new HP um, X360 Elite books for them, which is going to prove invaluable because they're a full-blown digitizer. So when they fold those over, they have a full digitized tablet, nice. and now they have a personal whiteboard. Uh, I also purchased um, web cameras. Uh, one teachers had some concern is they wanted to keep both laptops, their new one plus the one they currently have. And although that's a solution we may use in some cases, um, we looked uh, for webcams. I was able to find a partner who's provided them for me. So those actually shipped today. We'll get those with uh, 25, 30 foot USB cables with uh, telescoping tripods. So if they're doing instruction in the room, they can set that far away, yeah. set that up to the front of the room and they can still utilize their laptop for instruction. Uh, and those also have uh, multi-directional microphones in them. Uh, so their voice will pick up through that same web camera. And you know, fingers crossed that's gonna provide us what we need for that synchronous instruction and also some of that asynchronous video, um, you know, that created video that we'll be posting for students as well. Yeah, yeah, you guys are tricked out. <laughs> um, well, you know, you're trying to stay ahead. I mean, if you knew, I mean, for instance, luckily we weren't dependent on, on Chromebooks, but you know, I do still have a, an order of about 12 or 1300 Chromebooks, uh, one for an incoming sixth grader who would get new ones, okay. and, also, and also additional ones to, to pepper in there for some of the, the older units. Uh, originally we heard September, now I'm here in November. Uh, luckily, we don't need them. Every student yeah. has a device, but those were things that we were expecting to get in. So I was happy to see at least the webcam piece I was able to get in. Right. So talk talk a little bit about, and I guess especially in the elementary schools, it's the first time that they were going home with devices. Mm -hmm. um, did you have to look at your acceptable use policies and make any sort of changes there, or make in terms of web filtering? I've spoken to some districts who. Um, you know, kind of lifted the, the garage door on YouTube, where YouTube used to yeah. be 
uh, something that they weren't allowed to use, and now it was uh, up and open. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, we sent them home. They're, they're being filtered at home the same way they would be in school. I mean, I've been with Quakertown almost 20 years now. And, uh, you know, one early, early on, I mean, I don't know when it was, 15 years ago or so, uh, you know, when the whole YouTube thing really started catching on with education. And, you know, at first we were on the bandwagon of let's just block it. Uh, but then what we realized is there's just too much content on there that's valuable. Yeah. Uh, so we allow it. Okay. Uh, we have some restrictions on, on, you know, if the content's rated a certain way, certain kids can't see it. Uh, but we've been very open in Quakertown for years. Uh, we found, me personally, I find the less restrictive I am, you know, obviously we're not going to put out any pornography or, 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 or anything like that, but we find kids less likely to do devious things, right? They're always trying to get around what you want. Yeah. And to me, YouTube, there's a lot of good on there. I mean, kids are going to watch music videos and whatnot, um, but they're going to do that on their phone either way. I mean, that's right. kind of the change. Every kid has a device, if not two in their pocket. Right. So, and when a device goes home with a student, if they're going to do something they shouldn't, chances are they're not going to do it on our device. Right. Right. Yeah, so they have an unfiltered device in their pocket or, you know, so. Yeah. They're going to keep that. Uh, you know, they, they know the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And we've yeah. seen, we've seen a, a definite, definite downtick in internet related incidents. And that's just because they have their own device. They'll right. ride their 4G or 5G connection and do whatever they need to do. They don't need <laughs> us anymore for internet, you know? Right. Right. Uh, any, any interesting um, behavior changes with the students in terms of creativity or in terms of, uh, you know, in the curriculum, again, you, you talked about the, that period after March, not being graded, but being like a, a learning opportunity. Any examples of uh, some really positive ones? Um, I mean, in elementary, we had a lot of good family participation, our platform there. Uh, we were Canvas K-12. Uh, this current year, we eliminated Canvas K-5. We just didn't believe it was a platform for elementary. Uh, teachers and students love the Seesaw platform. Uh, we saw teachers uh, doing their morning check-ins with students. Uh, and I was lucky to pop into some of those and see the students' faces and, uh, you know, how excited they were. Yeah. Uh, although they're excited to come into a class, they're just as excited to see their friends uh, virtually from their home. Yeah. Uh, doing some, you know, virtual show and tells or, you know, uh, a lot of cool art assignments took place through, through Seesaw with our art instructors giving direction and, and seeing what comes out. And I've actually seen a lot of that on social media, not from Quakertown, but uh, how engaged kids can actually be on their own. You know, give them somebody in front of them. And the one thing, and I spoke about this earlier today, um, you know, when they talk about video and online instruction, it was, it was like two and a half minutes or something like that. It was that size of a chunk seemed to be like that. There was some study that was like, that was the attention that in order to get the most impact, yeah. keep it in small chunks. And I'm seeing that online in different aspects when they're doing these different projects. They're micro chunking it or whatever you want to say, but small chunks that students will rather be overwhelmed than with an hour, they'll get a bite of it, do that, and they can click onto the next piece and pace themselves rather than this overwhelming uh, trying to keep up or, or, or things like that. But uh, I, I personally just think it's amazing to see this all happen and kids being engaged. Our participation, even in an optional learning environment, was way more than we anticipated. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I mean, we saw, we saw it peter out a little bit, you know, towards June, sure. May, but that's expected, right? I mean, right. It, it was... But uh, the participation has been super high. And uh, the response we got from families has all been supportive. 
Uh, obviously, families want their kids back in school for the most part, but they understand, you know, we got to follow regulations. But it's really exciting to see all those things that we've always wanted, whether you're blended classroom, flipped classroom, whatever you want to call it, that we've always been pushing for. Yeah. And now it's like, now we have to do it. Yeah. And it's awesome to see our teachers can do it. And in many cases, I found that our teachers have been doing it. Uh, I found a lot of teachers are doing amazing things. We just don't know about it. Yeah. And this kind of brought that out. It's like, wow, that's amazing what you're doing. You need to share that. Right. So we're seeing a lot of like our own learning communities come together and start sharing and working together. And we've created one of the things we did. I was we had created a task force and I was on the equity task force. And uh, just looking at one of the items was teachers equity amongst applications and familiarity. So we put out a survey like what tools are you using the most? What do you need to feel you need the most help in? And then would you be interested in, in you know, helping your fellow teachers in one of those? And overwhelmingly, we, we had teachers who said, I'm comfortable teaching others. Uh, and we've, we're, we're seeing great adaptation to, to resources that have been out there. But, you know, even working in technology, I had no idea how, how well we were using them. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, I mean, you're, you're, by doing that sort of uh, survey across, mm -hmm. you're able to catalog your best practices then, I guess. Yep. And one thing I'll say from the get-go, and we've been beyond transparent as a district to our community, to our school board, to everybody. I mean, if you, if you go on our website, the whole main page is like all our task force documentations, all our health and safety. I mean, a laundry list of everything we've done, nothing has been hidden. Yeah. Uh, so everything's been front and center. We're proud of our work. And um, I feel we've done a great job in preparing. And now we're, we're, we're ready instructionally, I feel. We're ready from an IT standpoint. Uh, it's this whole distance and, and the scheduling and busing. And um, in, in PA, we have a, a tech school. Uh, so during a, in, in the county, we have three districts that we send our students to tech school. So we have to coordinate with that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's so many moving pieces here. And with that, with that goalpost continually moving, um, I feel we're getting close. I'm hopefully after my uh, five-hour board meeting tonight, we'll be a bit closer. <laughs> so... Now you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned how the, the the marking period was finished in March and it was just kind of a maintenance of the grade that was the responsibility of the student. How do you see assessment going forward, both, you know, this year, short term, and hopefully, you know, post COVID, uh, in the long term, some of the assessment technologies and how they may change or the way in which we we grade kids. Right. I mean, and again, I'm. My background's all in technology, so from the instructional standpoint, I'm, I'm by no means any expert, but being involved in all those conversations, I think, you know, like I said, some of our, our standardized assessments that we've been using for as long as I know, uh, we've done away with a lot of those. Uh, we do use a, a product called Linkit. Uh, they do a lot of our analytical data on the back end, kind of data warehousing, and they have uh, benchmark assessments. Uh, so we're actually gonna create our own assessments and use those rather than pay a third party for those. Okay. And see, see how that goes. Cause we can then gauge what do we really want to know yeah. and when we want to know it and, and, and do that. But you know, it's a learning curve for everybody. And I think uh, as we move forward, we're going to, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn from them. Um, you know, I'm going to misquote it, but there is a quote out there. If you, if you don't make mistakes, you're not trying hard enough or something along those lines. And I think, I think at this point we finally see that risk, right? everybody's willing to take that risk right now yeah before they might have been a little a little hesitant but we're saying let's try it if it doesn't work we'll try it a different way and we've always wanted to get there and we're finally i think at a place where everybody's willing to say you tried it did it work yeah but i should have done it this way and we're going to evolve and, and learn from that 
it's yeah. a it's a cool time to be in education i mean it's not ideal by any means but i think the flip side of this is going to be uh interesting to see how it all plays out and you know one thing i don't i haven't heard any district formally do any end of year assessments uh so we don't what did we lose from march to june uh we don't know in elementary we shouldn't have lost much maybe retention but all our standards should have been hit yeah uh but what did we lose right that constant doing helps right so so we'll see um you know then some of our courses that you can't do virtually right how do we address those yeah yeah you know so any uh, any thoughts given to um you know, we were talking about the kids creativity and, and, and the creation of stuff any thoughts about digital portfolios at all in yeah terms so of well, actually uh we've been required by the state and pa to have digital portfolios uh and I'm, i don't want to misquote but there's i want to say there's three years in their secondary career where we have to report those uh artifacts have to be added every year uh but we're, we're mandated to report them so kids have been doing that okay. uh, in elementary we use a system through google docs where we collect that and then we migrate that up to canvas when they hit secondary uh, and then when they graduate we're, we're able to package that up and and let them take that take that work with them so we'll continue that work it'll probably get a little deeper now yeah uh, but i can't stress like our office for teaching and learning is, is an amazing group of people uh, and they've been working tirelessly and uh, oftentimes you know just like technology until now it's just the stuff that it's there's there and it works yep uh, and now suddenly technology is essential like right. suddenly like oh they they do us you know they do a lot of work it's not just when something goes you know goes down uh, and I think that's the same for the curriculum part and people don't realize what all goes into planning for a school year and all that back-end work so it's nice to see everybody kind of getting their time to shine a little bit well, Joe, I really appreciate your time. I'm going to start sure. looking for uh, apartments in Quakertown so I can bring my kids over to your district. <laughs> it seems like you, you guys go. are doing some, uh, some, some great stuff there. Thank and I, I appreciate your insights. Sure, absolutely. I appreciate it, Kevin. Okay, and thanks, everybody, for watching. All you right, can click into another one.